Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Breton. Hi, Matt. How are you? Well, I'm sad. Why are you sad? Our fans don't love me. What? What? How, who? What? Uh, episode 52, House Hunters. Apparently, I, I was off my game. Well, our number one fan said that you just didn't seem like you were having it. What does that mean, that I'm not having it? Like, like I just don't believe the concept of the show or reality real estate shows or what? I'll ask him and report back. I don't want to put him on the spot. Or her. I don't want to give away anything about our number one listener. So To be continued. To be continued. Uh, and speaking of uh, another episode, uh, looking at our download stats, one of our most recent episodes has rocketed into the uh, most popular episodes, and that's number 51, Jargon Jeopardy. and Which is, that's fascinating to me. Well, it's also fascinating how you pronounce jargon. I know, jargon. <laughs> uh, I'm awful at it. Uh, perhaps that's why it's it's so popular. But so then I saw that the, the stats for that one were good. So you know what happened. Is this season one, episode two of Jargon Jeopardy? No, I, I started to worry. <laughs> About what? Well, you know, we're using probably a trademark term. and it, it's, it's not ours. So I don't, I don't want to upset anybody. I was like, oh my gosh, we need a new name. Because I really like the concept. Like people seem to like it, but I don't, I don't want to get a letter from an attorney. I'll take... Things to worry about unnecessarily for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> well, thank you. No, I don't know. I mean, are we doing anything wrong? Well, we. I mean, I don't. I don't think we are. But it inspired me to come up with our very own name. What is it? Question that answer, dude. That's pretty deep. It's what we do pretty much every ask. <laughs> Explain that. What do you mean? Well, we get answers that we ask on behalf of our clients. And then we start questioning those answers and we, we run it against everything we've experienced and everything we know to see if it is indeed, you know, if it passes the, the smell test. So yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not, you know, it's our, I feel like, you know, a large part of our duty is to gather information on behalf of our clients and, you know, help them understand that. And it's not just to get them the answer. It's to make sure they understand the answer. And to understand the answer, generally, you end up asking for understanding. Right. And um, Building context, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, our listeners might not know this about you, so I'm going to let them in on a little secret. In a past life, you were a private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say in a past life, I was a high school teacher, well, which happens that, to be the truth. That is also true, but that was actually just like a past career. Oh, you, you mean in a past life? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you have just uh, this wicked sense of when something doesn't quite stack up. You know, that the answer is correct, but the, the math they did to get there does not make sense. Show your work. And you are phenomenal <laughs> at backtracking from an answer to figuring out <laughs> where in the math problem someone might have, you know... Fudged something. Well, thank you. <laughs> it came in handy when I was online dating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I wish we could tell those stories. Oh, that's um, a whole other that's a whole other podcast series. Yes. Yeah, so there you have it. Question that answer. Question that answer. Right. I like. Because I give you the answer, you give me the question. What do we do every day? We question answers. Um, so meta. Right. Thank you. And I thought that we could kind of uh, introduce our, our next topic, which is escrow and title insurance, which is about as exciting sounding as, I don't know, wallpaper paste. I was just going to say everyone just fell asleep. <laughs> uh, with uh, in our inaugural round of, of question that answer. Right. All right. I'll give you the answer. Uh, title insurance. I, what's title insurance, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me give you another one. Because <laughs> I need to wake up here and have some more coffee. I've even had my coffee, and I wasn't quite sure what to do with that. All right, let's try this again. A contractual obligation that protects against losses that occur when title to a property is not free and clear of defects like liens, encumbrances, or other defects that were unknown when the title policy was issued. Ooh, ooh, ooh! What is title insurance, Matt? Very good. That worked better that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Chicago title, Fidelity National title, Old Republic title. What are title insurance companies? Very good. I didn't know if that was if that was what you were looking for. You were right, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, you know, in Northern California, uh, those are three of the bigger players in the the title insurance market. And in our market, title insurance companies also play another role. Which is escrow. Which is escrow. Very good. And so sometimes people are like, is this title or is this escrow? Um, so we should probably go ahead and define that term as well. Uh, and what is... Uh, wait, I've got an answer for you. Okay. Uh, neutral third party that acts on written instructions from both parties on their behalf. Oh, what's escrow? Very good. That is escrow. Now that I, um, would you like to translate my, my answer into something people could understand? Yes, I would love to. There is money changing hands in a transaction, starting with the buyer's initial uh, 3% deposit and then continuing through the remainder of the buyer's down payment and closing costs and the lender's funds. And someone needs to hold that money that is a neutral third party, and they need to handle the deed and all of the associated paperwork. It's not part of the the transaction that the that the real estate agents handle, not the contract, so to speak, but the the closing documents. And escrow is the neutral third party that handles it handles the the money. God, I've had my coffee and I'm just like <laughs> sputtering. Um, that handles the money and transfers title and makes everybody happy, usually. Usually. And the escrow role that title companies play in Northern California um, is a role that in many other states is played by an attorney. Right. Like when I lived in New York, my parents had to, when we were selling our house there, they had to hire an attorney. Everybody had to hire an attorney and they sat across the table from the buyers and their attorney, and it may just handled completely differently. There is a function for escrow, but it's much, I think it's pretty reduced. Yeah. And I, I mean, I sold a place in Virginia long ago and far away, and uh, that was handled, you know, I mean, we used real estate agents on both sides, but the settlement agent uh, was uh, an attorney. 
And I'm sure there was obviously a title report in there generated by somebody that I reviewed, but I couldn't find those docs. They're they're ancient. Well, you were probably like 13 years old too, because you're such an overachiever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's unique to California. It's pro- it's not unique to California. Um, when I was in Texas, well, well, let's just say each state. It's not handled the same way right. I think, in every state. Yeah. I don't think there's attorneys nationwide except for here. But our, our actual loan instrument is different here. Other states actually have, like, there's an instrument that is the mortgage. Right. Whereas we use the deed of trust. That's a whole other topic. Right. But I'm just, you know, <clears throat> yep. varies by state. Yep. So anyway. So back to title insurance that you get from the title company who is in our market also generally acting as the escrow holder. Right. So how many title insurance policies do I need, Britain? If you are paying cash, you need one. You need your home. Um, do I, do I have to have it if I'm paying cash? You do not have to have it if you're paying cash. However, most title companies will not unbundle title and escrow and they're not going to handle your escrow unless you're purchasing title insurance as well. So how many title insurance policies do you need, Britain? If you're paying cash, you need one, your homeowner's title insurance policy. Do you have to have it if you're paying cash? It's not required. However, I have yet to find a title and escrow company that will unbundle title and escrow services and fees and only offer you escrow services without selling you a title insurance policy with it. So if I'm paying cash and I don't want a title insurance policy, what do I do? Call an attorney. Call an attorney. So yeah, I mean, we've seen attorneys handle, you know, settlements. They can, you know, you can use, you don't have to use a title company as an escrow agent. You know, like if you wanted to go into business as an escrow agent tomorrow, I bet you could. There's probably licensing laws around it, but anyone can do it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so it is possible, but obviously if you're, as, as you mentioned, no one unbundles title and escrow in our market that we have come across. So let's say you're not paying cash. Let's say you're getting a a loan from a bank. Then you need a lender's policy of title insurance as well. You pay it. So then I'm getting how many policies? Two. And can I not get these policies? Nope. It's absolutely required by your lender. Why? To protect them. So what's, what's the difference between these two policies? The lender's policy protects their interest in the property. And so say they have to foreclose, they know that they have this policy saying that they're they're usually first in line right after the taxes and that there's no liens that would go ahead of them and that they would be paid off when they foreclose. The, I mean, taxes are always number one and supplemental taxes are number two. And then if there's a mortgage, it's always number three on the title report. Well, and unless the, we've got Mallory's or... Correct. And then your owner's policy of title insurance is good for the length of the time you own the property. So that insures from... So I want to go back to that one just for a sec, sorry to interrupt. But I think what people don't understand there is that means if you refinance, you don't have to buy a new owner's title policy. You only buy it once for as long as you own the property. Right. But when you refinance... You have to get a new lender's policy. Again. And again and again. And again. So these these general kind of abstract things that we've been talking about, um, defects, liens, encumbrances, what's that? So defects, liens, encumbrances are all different 
they're all different, but a defect in title would be something we, I think a, a good example might be if someone says, Oh, you know, grandma said I could have the house and here's this, here's this instrument that grandma signed saying that I could have the house and, you know, say grandma has passed away and the house has been sold. There was nothing in the recorded document saying that grandma had given the house to anybody else. And then someone shows up with a deed saying, grandma gave me this house, but this was never recorded and I want my house. And this is after the house is sold and grandma's no longer on title. Title insurance protects the new homeowner against claims like that. So it's basically kind of all of the bizarre, strange, crazy ways you could think of someone having a legal interest in your property that you were unaware of. Um, so it could be perhaps as your example, um, they're claiming a, a legal right to own the property, right. even so though the- you've paid someone else for it. Or uh, another one that's very uh, common is when uh, a utility company, for example, has some kind of interest in a property. And obviously they generally don't own residential properties, but what they do have are in easements or encumbrances that allow them to either access utility lines or run utility lines, uh, sewer lines, you know, items like that. And, you know, there's, there's a great, you know, urban legend about that one in San Francisco. Um, there's a house in Glen Park that has um, most of our lots here in the city are 25 feet wide um, through large portions of the city. And there is a house in Glen Park that has a six foot wide easement from front to back, smack in the middle of the property running under the house. And if PG&E needed to get to it, they have the right to bulldoze that home and they're not required to rebuild. Right. Because just in you know rough terms is an easement is a legal right to access the property. Right. And oftentimes you'll see, an, we see utility easements all the time. Like in Mariloma Park, the power poles are placed in the backyards and the power lines are strung like across the back three feet of the property. Right. And this house in Glen Park that sold multiple times before anybody realized this, um, they, I mean, people saw, oh, it's a six foot easement and everyone just sort of went la la la, not realizing they thought that it was across the back of the property without reading it carefully that it runs front to back through the middle smack down, you know, so the house would have to be demolished to get to it. Right. Because when you're reading title reports and they're describing, legally describing lots of land, it's essentially like a a connect the dots puzzle. Right. You know, and you start at this, uh, you know, defined point that's been surveyed. And from there you go X feet in whatever direction and, you know, then. And fence. And so on. 90 degrees. And and so forth. And I mean, unless you are an incredibly spatial thinker or you start with a pen and paper, (laughs) <laughs> and you draw it out, you can easily get very, very turned around, especially when you're looking at, you know, old plat maps or Sanborn maps and, you know, north isn't always obvious and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And some of these things, um, the plat maps are so old, like even street names have changed. Right. Or the um, street names have changed or the recording is just so awful. Yeah. Um, you you know, even... It's like a picture of a picture, you know, that somebody put tissue paper over. Yeah. Esker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. 